at this time. Our precious Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may those of us that belong to your Son, Jesus, ever have that spirit and disposition. May our words and thoughts and actions be acceptable in your sight. God, we are thankful that our brother Tira has recovered well from his fall and the surgery and that he's getting around well. We rejoice in that recovery. God, we pray not only for our president, but for those in Congress, those who are part of the Supreme Court and decisions that they are contemplating. And God, we pray for the rulers of all the nations with the awareness that you rule in the kingdoms of men. In a world that seems so darkened by sin, we pray that the leaders of this world will think about what is moral and what is good and what is in the best interest of the people that they serve. God, thank you for the church here at Westside, for every member. We pray that you would bless the sick, give hope to those that are grieving, and help all of us to draw closer to you. In Christ's name, amen. There's a song young people used to sing and still do with some frequency. Have you seen Jesus, my Lord? He's here in plain view. Take a look, open your eyes, the song goes on to say. When you look at the Bible, it is about one main character, God, and the relationship He wants to have with us. Sir, we would see Jesus. John 12 and verse 21. And the Old Testament in a sentence basically says, Jesus is coming. The types and prophecies found in the Old Testament point to Him as the fulfillment and as the reality. Older preachers used to have a sermon that they would call the scarlet cord of redemption. The scarlet cord of redemption. And if that title does not ring a bell, you can go to Joshua chapter 2. And in Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 and following, Rahab helps spies that have come to Jericho. And Rahab helps those spies because she said, when we heard that you were coming, I want you to know the hearts of the people melted. I don't know if Rahab realized it, but she did more to give a greater sense of encouragement to the people of Israel than maybe anyone because she said, our hearts melted when we heard about how God parted the sea and you crossed as if it were dry land and how you defeated the Amorite kings, Og and Sihon. And we know that we will not be able to withstand the power of your God. 
she kept these men from being discovered. She risked her life to do that. And the spies said to her, If you will gather your father and mother and brothers and all of your house to your house and place a scarlet cord of in your window, a scarlet cord in your window, your lives will be spared. When you go on and read Joshua chapter 6, that's exactly what she does. And she is found not only in Hebrews 11, Faith's Hall of Fame, she is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. What a great story. But what I want you to know is the Bible speaks of the blood of the Lamb from the foundation of the world, Revelation 13, 8. That He was foreknown before creation but was manifested in these last times for our sake. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. Now we come to the New Testament. And really what the New Testament simply says is Jesus has come and Jesus is coming again. One book consisting of 66 small books comparatively, all with a marvelous message of unity and clarity about God, about Jesus, and the relationship He wants to have with us. Appreciate Waylon and the songs that he led us in this morning. Appreciate so much Adam and the songs that he led us in tonight. They fit well with the theme. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew. What I propose to do tonight is to briefly go through each of the New Testament books. Something that has concerned me for many years is that too much preaching and teaching says too little about God. It seems to me that it would only make sense that the hero, the star of the story, be brought out. But it's possible, even in our own pulpits, in our own Bible class arrangements, for God to become a secondary character. But I'll tell you what, God is never a secondary character in any story, least of all the Bible. And so to keep Him in the primary position, the preeminent position, let's simply look at Jesus in the New Testament tonight. Amen? Turn to Matthew. In Matthew, Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the Son of David, Matthew 1 and verse 1. He is the one whom David calls Lord, Matthew 22, 41 through 46. He is the one who has all authority, Matthew 28 and verse 18. And he is the king of the Jews, Matthew 2 and verse 2. Matthew does a marvelous job saying that Jesus is what we've been waiting for in the Old Testament for so long. Mark. 
Even demons call Him the Holy One of God. Mark 1 and verse 24. He is the servant of servants and the one who pays the ransom. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45. You look at the Gospel of Mark and in tremendous fashion, what Mark wants you to know is what Jesus did proves who Jesus is. And study the words and the actions of Jesus. And no one serves like the servant of the Lord, Jesus. How about the book of Luke? Luke 19, verse 10. Jesus is the perfect man. Jesus in His perfect humanity. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Luke 19 and verse 10. Who is Jesus? The one who came to seek and save the lost to make a relationship possible with God for us. When you go back to Matthew, his name is Emmanuel, God with us, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And you go to Luke and it's God with us to seek and save us. John. Many other signs, therefore, did Jesus in the presence of His disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that believing have life in His name. Who is Jesus, Son of God? He's called God, John 1.1. In John 1.14 and John 1.18, He's called the only begotten God or the one and only God, the unique God. And in John chapter 20 and verse 28, toward the end of the book of John, Thomas says to Jesus, My Lord and my God. The book of Acts. Who is Jesus? He is the resurrected Lord. Acts 2 verses 33 through 36. Virtually Every sermon, including even the sermon in Acts 17 on Mars Hill, refers to the resurrection of Jesus. The place given to Jesus in the preaching of the book of Acts is an awfully good template or pattern for us to observe in Bible classes and sermons today. But all the house of Israel know assuredly God has made Him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified, verse 36 of Acts 2. There's salvation in no other, Acts 4 and verse 12. He is the Prince of Life, the author of life, Acts 3 and verse 15. The preaching of the apostles in the early church was so full of Christ. The book of Romans... In a book that without parallel deals with the gospel and how people are made right with God. Romans tells us that Jesus is the reason we can be right with God. Romans three twenty four through 26. 
He is the reason God can be the justifier of the ones who have faith and how He can be just. Because Jesus is our propitiation. He's the Redeemer. And see how marvelously Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, and Romans here all come together. This is good news, glad tidings, the gospel. What we can have with God due to the Son of God, Jesus. Continue with me, 1 Corinthians In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Y'all having fun yet? I'm starting to. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Jesus is wisdom from God to a group of would-be intellectuals and philosophers who had a tendency to think less of Jesus and less of Paul than they should. Paul was determined to preach Christ and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2. A world of academics still needs to hear about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And the truths behind each will stand the closest of scrutiny. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Jesus, the wisdom from God. You know, the gospel is to some people foolishness but not to the Father because of the cost it had of His Son. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Who is Jesus? He is the great reconciler. He is the one who reconciles sinners and God. He is the one who is the substitute. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we through Him might become righteous to God. Now we get to the book of Galatians. Notice Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Who is Jesus? Much like the book of Romans, Galatians deals with the gospel and how Jesus is the end of the law, as Romans would put it, Romans 10 and verse 4, Christ, the end of the law. Galatians says in chapter 5 and verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, and be not again entangled in a yoke of bondage. Why? For freedom did Christ set us free. If righteousness came by the law, Christ died in vain. Galatians 2.21 Ephesians Probably no book in all the New Testament says more about the church of Christ per page than Ephesians. But here is what Ephesians tells us about Jesus. Unbelievable riches in Christ. 
Paul says, I would declare the unsearchable riches of Christ, Ephesians 3 and verse 8. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is in Christ, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. And what Ephesians chapter 1 does marvelously is tell Christians, you need to have more of an idea of how wealthy we really are spiritually in Jesus. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Christ, our joy. Philippians 4, 4. I believe that there is a need for reverence and respect in our assemblies, in our lives, for the good Lord. But there also ought to be a sense of joy and celebration that no matter what circumstances we face... There is still joy in Jesus. How about inflation these days? How about seeing that your money doesn't go as far and see that you don't have as much in your 403, your 401k, or in the stock market as you used to have? At least most of us don't. Those things pale in comparison to Jesus, our joy. Because He gives eternal joy. A joy that goes beyond circumstances. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians says this about Jesus. In Him the fullness of the Godhead dwells. Colossians 2.9 It says you are complete in Him. Colossians 2 and verse 10 And if Ephesians says that Jesus is the head of the church, Ephesians 1, 18 through 23, Colossians says he's the head overall. Colossians 1, 18 and 19. If Ephesians deals with the church of Christ, Colossians, its cousin, deals with the Christ of the church. First and second Thessalonians, I'll cover as one, all right? Who is Jesus according to these books? Five chapters in First Thessalonians, three in Second Thessalonians. He is the coming one. He is the coming one. Every chapter of First Thessalonians ends with a reference to the coming of Jesus. And He is the one that we desire and wish and long for. Every chapter in 2 Thessalonians contains information to that effect. The one who is coming is the one that we desire and long for more than anyone or anything. By keeping the main thing, the main thing, our lives can be brought closer to the throne of God and the feet of Jesus. First and Second Thessalonians now. First Timothy. He's the king of the ages, First Timothy 1:17. He's the one mediator between God and man, himself, God man. First Timothy two and verse five. In the church of, churches of Christ, there's not a hierarchy. Because the Bible doesn't teach that anyone gets to God except through Jesus. 
He is enough. Second Timothy. In this, the last letter that Paul likely wrote before dying a martyr's death, he speaks of the one who would judge the living and the dead. Second Timothy 4 verse 1. He speaks of the Lord, the righteous judge, 2 Timothy 4, 8. And this is almost like the perfect bookends. Keeping in mind that He is the one who will judge the living and the dead by His appearing and He is the righteous judge who delivers His own out of trouble. 2 Timothy 2, 19. Titus. Titus 2.13, who is Jesus? He is our great God and Savior. We look forward to the blessed hope and glorious appearing of Jesus. Our great God and Savior, Titus, says in Titus 2.13. Philemon, Jesus, to use An Old Testament passage, Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18, 24. Because you see in Philemon what Paul says in verses 17 through 25 is if you are owed anything, I want you to put it on my account. He says in verses 15 and 16, perhaps he departed for a while so that he might be your brother forever. What Paul is talking about is the friendship he has with Philemon in Onesimus is very much like the friendship we have with Jesus who basically says, you need to receive brothers in Christ, and if you have something against each other, why don't you just kind of put that on my account? Because I've taken care of it, and we'll be glad to. Hebrews. Hebrews. Jesus is the perfect high priest. Hebrews 2 and verse 17 the author and finisher of the faith, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. God doesn't have anything else He needs to say other than what He has said through Jesus. In a world that's looking for additional revelation or continued speaking from God, has God said all He needs to say? Has he not said all he needs to say in Christ? Indeed he has. How could anything be better than what he said in Jesus? James. Chapter 2, verse 1. He is the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of glory. Don't have respect to persons because of the way it reflects on Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. 1 Peter, Jesus is the rejected stone, 1 Peter 2 and verse 4. Rejected by men, but counted valuable and precious by God. 
It's as if Isaiah 53 is going through Isaiah's mind, is going through Peter's mind in 1 Peter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, Jesus is described as the chief shepherd. You show me a godly elder and I'll show you someone who looks to the chief shepherd and wants to shepherd souls in a way that honors Jesus. Thankfully, we have a couple of those here. Second Peter. An expression that specifically only occurs in Peter's letters. Interesting. Lord and Savior. Grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 In my preaching, I know some people that want to talk about His Lordship and how we need to submit and obey. And I know others that want to talk about Jesus as Savior and how we need to love Him and be drawn to the salvation and deliverance that He gives. Blessed are the balanced. We need to have a, a view that encompasses both. First, second, and third John. I'll put them all together. And the passage will be 1 John 2, 1. Who is Jesus? I write these things to you that you sin not, but if anyone sins, we have an advocate with God. Jesus is our advocate. He is at the right hand of God and is our defense attorney. When your defense attorney is at the right hand of the Father and is also your judge, I think the case is going to turn out pretty well. Amen. How we need to keep in mind our advocate. Jude, verse 24. He is able to keep us from stumbling, and to present us blameless. There are many reasons why we ought to love Jesus. But I love this reason from Jude. He is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us blameless. Then Revelation... Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Revelation twenty two thirteen. Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Revelation nineteen sixteen. Who is Jesus? He is the Lamb. The expression is found twenty eight times in the book of Revelation, twenty seven times. The expression is used of Jesus. The lion, the lamb. Revelation 5 and verse 5. And so really what Revelation is telling us is Jesus is our victory. Our victory. Everything from A to Z, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the Lamb whose blood has made our salvation possible. Victory. 
I believe with all my heart people need to know truths like these. I further believe that we ought to cherish truths like these. I believe strongly that parents ought to teach their children truths like these because they are truths about the Son of God that will help us throughout our lives and will help us when we die, and they are truths that will get us home to Jesus. That's the story of the New Testament in one shot. How will you respond to Jesus, to the Lamb, to the King, to our Judge? How will you respond to Him? Out of love for His mercy and grace, won't you respond in humility and love yourself? Believing that He's the Son of God, John 8, 21 through 24. Repenting of your sins, turning from them and wanting to go in a direction that's more pleasing to God. Acts 17 and verse 30. Won't you express with your lips the wonderful truth that Jesus is the Son of God? Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. And won't you be immersed in water for the forgiveness of sins? To have your sins washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Acts 2.38, Acts 22.16. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious. Sweetest that ever was heard. Let us stand and sing.